When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hi, this is the boy Diva Recataldo, and you're in the room with Cabby Stroh and my man Brady. <laughs> We're back, and we are on the air. It's in the room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network, right here on VOCNation.com. One of the many, many, many great shows that you can check out on the network. Uh, be sure to go to VOCNation.com or find us on your favorite podcast platform provider and uh, check out all the great content that we have available. I'm Brady Hicks. I have with me once again the lovely... Bodacious Kathy Fish. I don't know if Bodacious is <laughs> What's going on, Kathy? 
Hi, Barry. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Doing good. Uh, it, it's weird. Like, Kelly's been on vacation all week, so I've just been walking around by myself, and it's been great. Not sure a fan of clothes, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we also have uh, Maniac Matt Grimm with us. What's going on, Matt? How you doing tonight, man? I'm good. I'm good. I am wearing clothes, so um, no worries there. Well, no, I am no now, duty. too. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. good. Uh, check good. us out on YouTube, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm on there. <laughs> I will be clothed. And uh, speaking of clothes, we also have Ray Bogus on the line. That was a terrible transition, but what's going on, Ray? I cannot tell you how much I am looking forward to the weird episode of In Here. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I was thinking, yeah, kind of like the drunk episode, you know, but totally different. Okay. Do you think we could combine those somehow? Uh, my guess would be that would be the most logical way to do it. That would be the most logical way to do it. Anyway. I think it is. We're going to have fun. Uh, so we also have Papa Stro joining us now. Stro, we're talking about doing a, a nude show. What do you What do you think about that? How's that grab you? <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. It does not grab. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. My, my God, Brady. So that's four yeas and one nay. Uh, <laughs> dear, dear God. Uh, what, what? I want to stay on the. I, I want to stay in the air with you, man. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? Oh, great to be here with you guys. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Uh, It should be pointed out that even though I I fully endorse the mood episode, that I do not actually... I do not actually have to see anyone else on the screen because my setup actually puts the monitor off to the side here. So I actually just get to look out at my living room and my pretty artwork and decoration. <laughs> wouldn't really be all that different from a regular episode. Well, you know, you know, and and Matt knows what I'm talking. I don't mean throw Matt under the bus at all. But like, you know, like I I work at home. Well, you know, all I'm doing is putting on a shirt every day. I'm not right. absolutely, but I could be. <laughs> I could be. Oh, I just got a horrible thought. Uh, what a <laughs> that what a way to start the show. show. Uh, <laughs> 914-338-1885 is the number to uh, to call in tonight. And, uh, you know, there's a lot we can discuss. Uh, WWE just keeps dropping the hammer. It is It has been just, just brutal, you know, just, just brutal. Watching all these names kind of go. And, uh, you know, some of them will go to AEW or Impact or New Japan or uh, maybe an independent near you. But a lot of them, I, I can't help but feel like it's the last time we're really going to see them. And that's a shame because there's a lot of good talent there. Uh, WWE is talking about restructuring NXT. Uh, we can certainly talk about that tonight. Uh, they want to go with more of a youth movement, which I'm afraid means a return to 2008 where all they do is just recruit big bodybuilder-type guys and try and train them how to wrestle. 
Because they're talking about getting rid of, like, the older guys in the cruiserweights and stuff. Like a WBF. Kind of like the WBF, yeah. Well, you know, for the longest time, when I was doing interviews, I would always, and anybody who came through developmental, I'd always ask them about, like, you know, what I felt was like WWE just trying to just add a whole bunch of Chris Masters to their roster. You guys remember Chris Masters, right? Big, big jack guy. Oh, yeah. Um, um, big, I mean, big jack guy. Couldn't do a lot for you. Couldn't do a lot. Yeah, big muscles. But, uh, very, very intelligent guy, but, you know, again, not a tremendous wrestler, at least not at the time. So, I, I, you know, and, and it felt like WWE was just trying to create a whole bunch of Chris Masters and a bunch of co- They even said they wanted a cookie-cutter WWE image. But the end result was that for like two years there, almost everybody on the roster looked the same. And it was not a very good time in wrestling history. No, it was Worse not. Worse than now. Yeah. Worse than now. So, and that's saying something. Yeah. It is. So... I hate to see it. Um, NXT was a really good brand, you know? Um, I would almost rather, and this is something I've given a lot of thought to. Uh, so I was watching, they had two WWE documentaries that they uploaded to Peacock uh, not that long ago. Uh, one was about WCW and the plans to kind of relaunch it under Eric Bischoff and Fusion Media before WWE ended up stepping in and buying it. Interesting. And the other one was about ECW and, and the relaunch of ECW as a brand within WWE. And in both cases, there were discussions about having an Internet-only property that would run on WWE.com. And what was great about that, Matt, what, what I really enjoyed about that, especially with ECW, uh, they could get around all the rules, all the censors. They don't have to worry about sponsorships. They could just slap a disclaimer right. on that puppy put it on their website, and ECW could have lived on forever that way. Yep. Five. Yep. But Sci-Fi wanted to. WWE uh, loves that ad money. Well, you know, it's funny, because like, it sounded like Shane McMahon was behind the whole thing. He was all set, gung-ho, ready to go. Right, Ray? And then they have the uh, one-night stand. And who steps in after one-night stand? Because he smells the money. Vince McMahon. And that's when ECW became what it did. And now Triple H knows what that feels like, too. Well, he don't leave for AEW. (laughs) You know, you're talking about some of these problems that that come up. And and I thought about this, you know, doing this this show now for as many years as I have with, with all of you. I think that... Because, look, there's, there's undoubtedly some truth to the idea that WWE found immense success by getting a big, strong idiot who wasn't particularly good at wrestling, but who everybody really loved, and that, that being Hulk Hogan. Oh. I mean, he you know, you know, did a tremendous amount for the business, blah, 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 all the, all the other praise that one usually gives upon Hulk, but, I mean, his wrestling repertoire is just not all that good. Five moves of doom. Five, 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 that's exactly right. Really, and really four. So, I think there is, 
Atomic drop. Just, you're right. Four. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I did. forgot about the so, atomic drop. Sorry. So he won a world title with a big finger poke. And who Just doesn't love him? Who doesn't yeah. love him for it, baby? Who doesn't love him for it? But, <laughs> Somebody was 20 years ahead of his time when Simpsons tapped out. Sorry. No, you're. I, I like these. I like. I like these sort of sort of uh, uh, diversions. But I you have think to. that there is a. I hate to say this because I mean, who the hell am I, or who the hell are you, or Kathy, or even you know, you know, who the hell is Stroh compared to Vince McMahon? But I think that there is this fundamental misunderstanding on Vince's part, and that that's right. <laughs> and because of how WWE is structured, because it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the on Vince's part, where then it's a fundamental misunderstanding of the center of everyone else's part. Good crap. Well, yes, that's what it is. You need good... Good things will draw viewers. People didn't watch how Hogan... Like crap because, throws flies. Sorry. Yes, right. <laughs> People didn't watch Hulk Hogan because... You know, he was immensely good at wrestling, and people didn't watch him because he looked proper. But people watched him because what he was and then what was surrounding him was compelling, interesting programming. You don't, you don't need a bunch of big... And, that, and I think that's kind of always been the Achilles heel. Can you imagine William Regal trying to teach uh, Hulk Hogan how to be proper like he did Bobby Eaton? And now I almost want to go down a whole different route. But I really think that's it to kind of put a, to put a cap on it is that I think there is this fundamental misunderstanding on behalf of Vincent Mann and then therefore on behalf of WWE leadership as to what the actual secret ingredient to their success when they've had it has been. I I believe that the secret sauce for them has been a megastar that came along at just the right time when wrestling was ready for it, when fans were ready for it, uh, whether it was Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, in the, in the NWA, it was Ric Flair. Uh, there were only so many that come along in a lifetime. Cena got close. Unfortunately, wrestling just wasn't ready to take off when he was at his peak. But I think Roman Reigns is who that could be now. But it's got to be that perfect combination of fans being ready, fans wanting to get back on board. I think at this point, most wrestling fans aren't necessarily brand-specific anymore like they were 20 years ago. I think that wrestling fans watch a little bit of WWE. They watch a little bit of New Japan. They certainly watch a little bit of AEW. Uh, whatever grabs them that week and is of interest to them is what they're going to watch. And it's not like they're loyal to one thing, per se. And I think that's part of the problem. And with that kind of a divided audience, I don't know that WWE is ever going to get that kind of major market share again. The other issue, one more issue, nobody watches live TV anymore. You know, everybody streams things half the time illegally. 
or through your cable, through a DVR, uh, whatever the case may be, through an app with the network. I, I mean, if, if I get the USA app, if I get the USA app, I don't need to watch Monday Night Raw. I, I watch Raw every Tuesday afternoon. That's not going toward the, the ratings, you know? But, it, I mean, it is what it is. There, there goes my end. That, that's part of the problem. That's part of the problem. Uh, it's hard to quantify that, you know? And when the programming isn't that good, the only way that you could quantify it really is with pay-per-view buys. And, oh, no pay-per-views. How about that? There's no way to quantify it. Especially now with Peacock being combined with the network because that just takes everything away. It's not just wrestling that people are getting that for. And if, I mean, if you want to look at it another way, like, you're right, like, you don't need, you don't feel obligated to watch Raw live now, but take yourself back to 1998. Would you have dared miss Raw? Like, you could have put a tape in your VCR and, and taped it and watched it the next day. But was your preference to watch it live on Monday nights back then? I think in 1998, you're watching one of the two. Uh, most wrestling right. fans were either flipping back and forth or watching one and recording. You know, I would watch one and watch the other one in the middle of the night, usually is what I did. Right. But I, I flunked out but of the school, program so don't go by me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think that's what I'm trying to get at, is that, you know, it, it felt it felt more like event television back then where you wanted to see it as soon as it was available. Right. Yeah. It is true. It is. I, I think, and I think Matt, that's a, that that's a really good point is that, and there's, there's small things that I think we've even talked about here and there over the course of, you know, the years of the show together. And there's bigger things, but it's not, but that's just a really great point. It's not, it's not event TV. I think there's another part to this, though, and and this is actually where I kind of would be interested, just because he's the only one with actual backstage experience. You know, I, I would I would be interested to hear Stro's take on this. Is that when you have those stars that have kind of come along at the right time and been the right guy for it? You know, yes, Hogan was a great guy for it, and yes, Austin was a great guy for it. And yes, even though wrestling wasn't quite ready for it, Cena was a great guy to kind of elevate things. But everybody had a foil. You know, Hogan had Piper and Savage. Austin had The Rock and Mick Foley. And me. And The Undertaker. And me. Don't forget yeah, about yeah, the And the Undertaker, shut up. Damn it. And the, under, the Undertaker, though, I think, <laughs> I, I always kind of think of the Undertaker as sort of his own thing. And, you know, Cena had, Cena had Edge and Batista and for a little while Jericho. And I and, and Orton. And Triple H. I don't see who I don't see who Roman Reigns' foil is, and it's not to say that I don't think there's talented guys in there. I think I think Big E can step in and be that foil today. I think Drew could yeah. too. Yes, 
I mean, Drew, Drew could, Big E could, you know, there's, if I, if I sat down to think about it for two seconds, yeah. I'm sure there are a couple others that I could at least throw out as sort of B candidates. It's not that there isn't the talent there, it's that I don't trust them to make a second guy into event television. You know, I've always thought the right to censor was way ahead of their time, because if, if they were here now, they'd be, they would be so over. Like the censor. They'd be I hated them. <laughs> that's, that's the point. Oh man, they would be great now. Oh my god. Like, I don't know. Like I'm supposed to hate Baron Corbin, but I love him. I like. I think he's great. I, I don't know. Right to censor was just like. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I just. They'll be tremendous yeah. now. I, I can think of a, a whole bunch of things they could like censor right now. It'll be be tremendous. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I yeah. You're right. There is no foil. There, there, I, I don't know what to say to that. I, I don't know what right to censor could do. I, I mean, aluminum. <laughs> um, I, I I mean they they quietly kind of positioned Daniel Bryan and Edge in that spot, and then I, it seems like they can't seem to. They're only good – I can't even say they're only good at parody booking because they're very good at shoving someone down your throat. Like Roman Reigns got over in this past year because they allowed him to be himself and to never show weakness. And if he did show weakness, ultimately he was still always the one who won in the end. And that's a big part of the reason – why today we're talking about him as the top guy in WWE as opposed to last year when we were talking about Drew McIntyre all the time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, WWE has a real problem positioning foils for guys who always win. It's something that they've struggled with for years. And I think until they kind of figure that out, I think they're going to have problems. I do. Well, because the Roman's only on television too much, and he wrestles too much. That's that's yeah. your problem. Well, he's yeah. on every week, the, the, and he wrestles in every pay per view. He does, but you know what? Which the I mean, that's, that's a different on every pay per view. Yeah. I I, I, I can still now <laughs> the, the, the tease the tease and Bray Wyatt for an AEW uh, debut, right? And all you see is a rocking chair, and there's there's the evil Vince the puppet. <laughs> the rocking chair saying, fool you! <laughs> yeah. This crap sucks. Um, no! You know what? The, the only way that WWE can position foils now, Matt, is because they have a second brand. So they can build guys up in parallel... Then have one of them switch brands and throw them to the Lions or the Wolves or whatever. That, that is what they're going to do with Drew McIntyre. It's the only way. They're, they're not capable of having two stars on one show like they used to be back in the day. I don't know why, no. they're not. Because there's too many hours of programming a week. That's the problem. And they well, over should be a benefit, though. Like, you would like, there's no think, reason why it, they couldn't have they... Lashley and McIntyre be top stars on Raw. There's no reason why, with a three-hour program, they couldn't spotlight two stars. Well, uh, what if Raw was two hours and Drew only showed up on Raw twice a month? 
What if Lashley only showed up on Raw twice a month? Yeah. And I'm not even saying necessarily they have to wrestle every time either. What if they each wrestle on Raw like once a month? I joined the attitude that era that increase? he's doing. Yeah. You know, I, but, I used but to say doesn't so that increase? Was, I, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it would increase interest. But Stone Cold, I used to say, was the worst employee, and not just because he would kick the boss in the crotch and give him the finger, uh, but because the show started at nine o'clock and he would consistently get there at ten fifty-five right before the overrun. It never made yes. sense to me, and that never left him time to wrestle. But that was always what people stuck around to watch. Right, when he would show so up he was and a star without whoever. ever wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and furthermore, it worked. you know, for, for people who argue you really need to have them win every week to be a star, Stone Cold's win-loss record was horrible. He lost to he lost all the time. He lost to Kane, he lost to Undertaker, he lost to Triple H, he lost to Foley, he lost to uh, Show, he lost to, well, Rock at the end. He lost to everybody. The only person who he ever always got the best of was Vince McMahon. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Austin always got his revenge on whoever had screwed him over. But you're right. Sure. He lost a sure. lot of matches. Not usually in a match, and, though. Yeah. Like, he lost He lost lots of matches. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I it's a frustrating he was problem like the because, yeah, he's right. Yeah, and yet so many people at the time would argue over which one would beat the other one up, even though at one point Goldberg was like 150 in an O, and yeah. you know Austin had his his normal Austin win loss record. I I used to say, <laughs> Stro, I'm sure you'll appreciate this. I used to say that. Goldberg would beat Austin in about a minute and a half. But then Austin would grab a chair and just beat the crap out of him for ten minutes after the match was over. That's probably how it would have gone down. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> At least if they're following Same the finger, drinks the beer, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's something to be said for Austin's success, I think. There's something to be said for the idea that you can have total creative control if you're WWE, but then you must do a good job of positioning people to look well. And, or you can seize some creative control back to people who are talented enough to be able to have some of that ownership. And then you can get away with having someone be one of your top guys that loses all the time. Because, yeah, Austin lost all the time. But he didn't sound like a weak, stuttering marble mouth when he talked. And there was something to be said for that. For not being a marble mouth. I say marble mouth. So that, that I'm right on. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, there is something to be said for it. So, so here's the question. Okay, since we're talking about you don't have to have the best win-loss record to be a star, right? Could Bray Wyatt have been a star? I think he was just about there when he was in the woods with his fedora and his, uh, you know? 
Lantern. Yeah, I think, that's I, the I think he, he was got. there. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he got close with the demon then. I just, I just didn't happen to enjoy it. As <laughs> Don't have to be this book. Sorry. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, I, to me, they missed an opportunity with Bray Wyatt. Like when people, I remember, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember, WrestleMania when it was Cena and um, Bray, I think it was 2014. And everybody and their mother was complaining because John Cena beat Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And I said at the time, I did so many interviews and everybody would ask me and I would always say like, you know what? It's WrestleMania. And the big stars always win at WrestleMania because you want to leave them with that moment. You know, unless you're making a new star, and Bray Wyatt, I think, was already about at that level. Yeah, of course John Cena's going to win. That didn't hurt Bray Wyatt. That's not what hurt Bray Wyatt. What hurt Bray Wyatt was him looking consistently weak and getting rebooted all the time just because they couldn't figure out what to do with him. And the supernatural stuff. I mean, I don't even like it when The Undertaker does it, when he's shooting lightning bolts out of his ass. You know, I, I hate it. I hate it. But, but at, least, at least that's the freaking Undertaker. You know, I, I could do without the supernatural stuff. Makes you wonder what was on the menu at the time. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. He's eating at the steakhouse. I mean, I'm with you that... I, I think when he was when he was in the woods counting the fireflies, wearing the fedora, you know, he used to come out in the middle of Raw during that period, and I would say, and I would be sitting there watching it, and and just thinking to myself, kind of narrating in my head, saying, "Why is your biggest star coming out in the low point of the show? This should be the end of the show." And so I. Like, in a way, I think Bray Wyatt did become that, and WWE's own complete incompetence. And, look, they do a lot of things well. I mean, we come out here and trash them all the time. But there are a lot of things we do well. But, dear Lord, their their complete incompetence and their handling of him, I I think, crushed what probably would have been a megastar. Yeah. I I agree. I think he was about there. And then they just kind of pushed him back down and gave him the supernatural stuff, Matt, and that was really the beginning of the end. I still and think then, that... Yeah, I, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, I still think that WWE's biggest... They had two big opportunities to create megastars in the, over the last 10 years. I think Bray Wyatt would have been a top-level guy, but, like, when I say that, I mean, like, the way that you would say Triple H is compared to, like, Austin and The Rock. Like, he was around mm-hmm. the same time, was was definitely near the top, certainly at the top, but you would never peg him as the top person. Um, I think okay. there's two chances with that. We're, we're probably Punk in 2011 and Brian in... 20, what was it, 14. 13 or 14? 14. 14. 14. Uh, look, yep. you, you had N- you had NBA arenas doing yes chance, and they didn't capitalize yeah. on that. I, right. I, I'm like, you had people excited about WWE after, you know, Punk did the pipe bomb thing, and you they could have ridden that 
they could still have been riding it today, I think. Just didn't take advantage of it. I, and it and all in comes both down cases, to the same thing. Yeah. Vince, Vince McMahon yeah. decides that those people are not stars. Yeah. No, they and then period, end of story. The that, that's cases. it for them. Yeah, yeah. They, they shot themselves in the foot in both cases. With Punk, it was like they had The Rock coming back, so hell or high water, they were building toward that, and it really didn't matter what the fans wanted. That was with Punk right. that year. And, and Daniel Bryan, again, I think they just didn't consider him a star. They literally, like that whole storyline where he's a B-plus player, I'm convinced that that's what they really thought about him. Because trashing somebody all the time isn't a way to build them up. You know, they were just, you're getting those reactions, you know. He beat John Cena at SummerSlam. And sometimes I wonder if that was even supposed to be the outcome. Or if they got into that ring and, like, they heard that crowd. Stroll, I mean, they do that sometimes, right? Maybe not for, like, a major main event angle, but they'll get in the ring and hear a reaction, and they'll change on the fly. I mean, they do do that, don't they? Oh, God. Let me give you an example. Uh, you remember that time when Sting Sting was the villain there in WCW, right? That's yeah, moment. yeah. Sting was in the ring with Benoit, right? And, okay. Uh, right, right, right in the middle of the match, the people were just going crazy for Sting, right? And right yeah. mid match, they both they totally switched roles right there. Yeah. In the middle of the match. But they weren't supposed <laughs> so to. Hap- right. So right. It, it happens. It happens. Yeah. Huh. Like the whole Hogan Rock thing. You know, like they go out there. Right. They expect Hogan's going to get booed. Nobody ever boos the Rock. And then, like, the match starts, and it was, like, nostalgia. Like, you wish he had his yellow trunks, like, that he had gone and, like, gone home and gotten his red and yellow. Like, the story was they were talking about he should go home and get it and just ran out of time. But, like, yeah, that crowd willed that to be something that that match was not supposed to be. And sure, The Rock won in the end, because he had to. But the crowd changed that. And and I'm convinced, like that SummerSlam where Daniel Bryan fought John Cena, I'm convinced that Cena was supposed to win that match. I really am. It even made sense, even for the cash-in after, wasn't it? Wasn't it Orton who came in and cashed in the... The money in the bank with Triple H's help after the match. I think that's what happened. Yeah. Um, I might be confused. It might have been Alberto Del Rio, but I think that was with Punk that he did that. Um, Del Rio was with Punk. Yeah. yeah. Gordon was with was with uh, Brian. Yeah. I don't think that they wanted to let Daniel Bryan have a taste of the title, and then let the fans' hopes up and not go forward with Daniel Bryan chasing the title anymore. I think Cena was supposed to win that match. And then Orton was going to come out and cash in on him. That's what I think. I, I, now, I've heard uh, nothing that indicates that that's what it was. It just, that whole thing just smacked me of, like, we're going to change on the fly here just because every time he nails that knee, the place goes nuts. The place goes nuts. So, yeah, I, I, I think they shot themselves in the foot with Daniel Bryan. And with Punk. And with Punk. Um, so I was thinking we should take a, a real quick commercial break and get that out of the way. On the other side, I, I had a neat idea. I, I, now, this is something I just kind of came up with 
last night. I was just I was watching. Um, there's this Instagram handle that just puts up old Ric Flair interviews from like the NWA, you know, him and Tony Schiavone or him and whoever. And like, I, and Ric Flair was so good. Like, I mean, he was amazing. But it got me thinking. If I could take anybody from today, like any of these shows today, and put them in something 30 years ago on television, the NWA, WWE, whatever the case may be, AWA, but you take a star of today and put them back then and watch the magic happen. Because uh, Ric Flair, he had a line when he's talking with Tony Schiavone. At the end of it, he goes, oh, and Tony, tell your wife I said hi, pal. And he, and he pats him on the back and walks away. And Tony's like, wait. It, it didn't even hit him until, like, Ric Flair walked. That's how good Ric Flair was. He was like the Rock back in the day, you know, where he was just. But I was thinking, um, imagine Byron Saxton in that role. The stupidest example. But if you take Byron Saxton from Raw today, goofball, really, like, just. Uh, you put him back there and have Ric Flair making fun of him, I think it would have been magic. I, I really think it would have been magic. But I'm curious what you guys think as far as, like, maybe taking somebody from today and kind of putting them back 30, 40 years ago. So we should talk about that on the other side. Uh, 914-338-1885, uh, plus lots of other topics, including stuff introduced by the panel. This is In the Room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to stay for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is Total Package. Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Since 2018, there's only been one program that brings you artists from around the world, both big and small, brings you the best in local talent, and hosts live events. Rock and Roll Union is all of that and more. With C.T. McManus, the lovely D, and new co-host Psycho Steve Preston, you're sure to get everything you need. So tune in Mondays at 6 p.m. for your one-stop shop for all things rock and roll. Rock and Roll Union, music worth fighting for. Check out In The Room. Every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with history. The voice of choice and killer can resonate. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and 
secret plan. Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs, here you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. <laughs> All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We head into the second hour of In the Room here. Uh, still, the phone lines are wide open, so if you want to jump in, now's a great time. We'll get you right on uh, 914-338-1885. It's In the Room on the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. We were talking before the break about the releases, about WWE not being able to build stars, about, uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff. And the topic that I kind of put out there before we went to break, I hope you guys gave it some thought during that 20-minute commercial break there. Um, I hope you gave it some thought. Who could we take from the modern era and kind of plop them back 30, 40 years ago? And they would really excel. They would really take off. Uh, we should definitely talk about that tonight because I think it could be a really good thing. Uh, 914-338-1885. Now, before we jump back in, Stro, what do you got going on this week, man? Uh, this Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, WCW Retro on VOCNation.com. And the topic of discussion this Thursday will be uh, some of our favorite wrestling entrances. So if you got uh, favorite wrestling entrances of your own that you'd like to share, please call in. And this Friday night on my hard sci-fi show, The Stro Zone, at midnight Eastern Standard Time, on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Maestro. The feature will be the Atomic Brain. So please tune in. Very nice. Ooh. Very nice. Uh, so you're talking entrances, not necessarily just theme music, but the whole package kind of coming down to the ring. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I, I mean, because I won't be able to call in on Thursday. So for me, I think, well, there's there's two really. Uh, well, I mean, there's a bunch probably. But uh, in more recently, you know, we're talking about Bray Wyatt. His whole Firefly entrance with the lantern, with that old song that he used to use, I, I thought it was amazing. You know, I, I felt yeah. like that was something I could have sat and watched just that and, and been happy. I, I, I really liked that a lot. And uh, back in the day, you know, <laughs> it probably was prone to induce seizures, Matt. Uh, but I was a really big fan of the old DX stuff with it, where they would flash back and forth with the 
with the with the angry mobs with the fences and the police and the dogs and they'd they'd have them coming down yep. crotch chopping and and they would just flash back and forth with the with the rapid green arrows like if you're watching the video right now it's just like that and like that's how it was and I just thought it was amazing it was like nobody was doing anything like that at the time really nobody yeah. has since yeah definitely so there are two that I'm really a fan of for sure. No, I like it. Yeah. So, has anyone given any thought to uh, my idea, kind of taking somebody from today, going in the way back machine, and uh, plopping them in somewhere in a better time, I guess you'd say? I have a couple ideas. All right, I'll go. Okay. Go ahead, man. You did one first. Uh, all right. Well, so. First one I would do, I'm not saying from from 2021, but maybe from like five, six years ago, or maybe even more, really. I would say you could probably take Chris Jericho and put him back, um, put him back in, you know, the late 70s, early 80s, and I think he would absolutely excel. One of the great all-time yeah. authors. He had the look, especially when he was younger. He could have been like, you know, like one of the kind of like heartthrob wrestlers that you would see. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he's a great option. I think another way to go with it, if you want somebody who, you know, could have done some great stuff with like Abdullah the Butcher or, or uh, Bruiser Brody or, or I would say Moxley, you could take him the way he is now and, and put him back there. And oh, I think yeah. He fit right in. Imagine putting Moxley in like Puerto Rico, you know, or like. Japanese stuff. Yeah, you know? I, I think he'd be really good. I could see that. He, him coming out of like, um, what was the one that had Mike Awesome in Japan? Uh, Battle Arts or whatever. Uh, FMW. That was it. FMW. Yes. yes. I. That's the kind of. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. And Jericho. You know, the first thing I thought when you said pop him in the seventies. Imagine a feud between Jericho and Larry Zbyszko in his prime. That would have been amazing. That could have been huge. <clears throat> So, I mean, you think, think, I mean, think about Jericho versus superstar Billy Graham. Yeah. And, and yeah. while, the, while the, the promo work might, necess- might not necessarily have been as good, I mean, think about that. Think about the matches between Jericho and Bob Backlund that you could have had, or Jericho and Harley Race that you could have Yeah. Had. And what's cool about Jericho, because, like, obviously what he is is the evolution of kind of what wrestling has become. Since that time over the years, incorporating all these different kind of styles and approaches and stuff, um, to take somebody that well-rounded and put them back then when a lot of the stuff was in its infancy, as far as, like, the modern product, yeah, no, he, he would have really turned some heads. It would have been really cool to see. How about you, Stro? I don't want to put you on the spot, but you, you think can you think of anybody maybe to uh, take today and put them back Put them back in the past? Uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah. I think if you would put him back in like the like the seventies and eighties, I, I I think he would be a, a solid hand. Yeah, I and Drew's good too because he's got like that real power base, you know. I could see him um I mean I could kind of see him all over the place, but imagine like Drew taking on like Bruno or like Harley Race, you know? 
Or I, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. Or like imagine him like on the Indies, like Drew McIntyre against the Sheik. How crazy that would be. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of cool or different Brody. ways to go. Or Brody. Even Brody. Yeah. 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 For sure. Post show. Kathy, you got one? Um, to be honest, I would say, um, you're going to laugh on this one, I think. Um, <laughs> Rick Baker. Who? Oh, Britt Baker. Mm. Baker. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting one. I like that. Imagine her against Sherry or Wendy Richter or... Oh, yeah. Or Moolah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, that's, yeah, that's a good that's one. one. That's a good one, especially because you almost, you almost kind of have to say, okay, well, let's put her back. Instead of let's put her back in the, in the 70s or 80s, let's put her back in the 50s. Yeah. You kind of get that, you kind of get that wall, but I like it. That's just, that is, that's an interesting, because I didn't even, I didn't even go that direction. Yeah, imagine yeah, her in, like, one of those, like, 50s housewife outfits, you know? Oh, Jesus, what? there he is. Oh, <laughs> I'm God. kidding, I'm kidding. What? I'm kidding. Sorry, I stopped thinking. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? He goes on that little <laughs> thing and that's it, he's done. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, I'm really proud of you You all. None of you said Cody Rhodes, and I'm really glad because I was worried that everybody would just say Cody Rhodes. Oh, absolutely not. The only way that absolutely. would work is if he turned on his dad and then his dad beat him in the feud. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, so I, I would take like Big E. Then you put him. I think you put him back in, uh, probably more the seventies. I think you get some really interesting feuds. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I think you get some really interesting work. And I would love, I would love to see like like Big E go up against Ox Baker. Yeah, the, the, the big, the big, the big goofy Big E Langston going up against big not big not goofy Ox Baker. Yeah, or you know, um, uh, you know, so something something along those lines. The other one I thought would work really well, and this is going to sound strange. I actually think Orange Cassidy would work well. If you put him, if you put oh, totally. him back in time, <laughs> totally. Like that really is like very much like. A, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think it would have worked for the '80s for sure. Mm-hmm. When telling a story was like the major, especially in like WWF, you know, like it was like that was the major thing, like tell a story more than anything. I could, I could I could see him all over that, and and he dresses like he's eighties. Then I was thinking, like, what about taking like Adam Cole? By the way, congratulations! Uh, I heard, and, and it's not confirmed. I, I I haven't heard from Adam himself, and I haven't read it anywhere that's reputable. But apparently, Adam Cole had a meeting with Vince McMahon on SmackDown on Friday night. Kind of went in there expecting to be told, like, you know, we don't have anything for you, we're just going to move on. And apparently Vince McMahon offered him Braun Strowman-type money to stick around. And after SummerSlam, 
the writers were instructed to come up with something major for Adam Cole on the main roster. Is that true? I hope so. Um, part of me is a little skeptical about that when I see how they handled, for example, um, carrying cross. But then another part of me is like, you know what? Like, Adam Cole, like, he should be damn proud of the job he did on NXT these last couple of years. He went in there at, with limited popularity and a smaller frame, and he won over that audience. From top to bottom, he won over that audience. He won over the locker room. Everybody loves him. Uh, he deserves it, uh, you know? He deserves it. He does. So I, does. I couldn't be happier for him. I, I hope that's true. But imagine taking Adam Cole... And putting him specifically, I would love to put him in, like, 1991 WCW, down there with Steve Austin and Brian Pillman and Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat and, like, Bobby Eaton and, like, all that, like, whole undercard where it was so talented back then in 91. I, I think it would have been amazing. Oh, that would have been, that would have been fabulous. That would have been like, fabulous. One more... Sorry, go ahead and finish, finish. No, 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 I'm done. Oh, I would say, what about, it doesn't matter which name you call him, what about Nero slash Rusev? Yes. That's a, that's a great person to put back in, like, that 1975 to 1985 kind of era. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he fit everything about him, from where he is to kind of how he conducts himself to even, like, like how he handles himself talking, that's great for like that 10 year right before the Hogan explosion period. I would have loved to have seen him and uh, Magnificent uh, Morocco go at it. Ooh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That would have been good. That'd be amazing. That'd be fabulous. One of the listeners. Absolutely fabulous. One of the listeners said, what if you took Randy Orton, put him circa like his dad's era, and had him as the top guy against Hulk Hogan? Would that have worked? Oh, man. Do we still have Brady? (laughs) You can't hear me? No, Brady muted himself. Oh, my goodness. You can't hear me? I was waiting for him. That seemed like a natural transition. Can you hear me now? There we go. There we go. You know, we were having an issue there. So blog talk dropped. So so, uh, our video thing dropped out. Uh, The the feed is still live because that's on blog talk. So that kept going. But you guys are hearing me through the magic of the video. Uh, So one of the listeners wanted to know, what if you take Randy Orton from today, grizzled veteran, and you take him and you put him in WWE circa 1985, around his dad's time, and position him as a top guy against Hulk Hogan. Early WrestleMania. Would Randy Orton have worked in that role? I think he would have. I I could see him in that Mr. Wonderful role. Yeah, that's the one he has to fill. And he's mean enough. Sorry. And he doesn't, obviously, and he just, he doesn't, Fit the Piper role. You're right. He has to fill the Mr. Wonderful role. Yeah, he doesn't have the personality for. He he would have to just be the sinister bad guy who isn't afraid to try and break Paul Gogan's neck with a chair. Yeah, that, which is which is part of the time. No, that's that's a that's a really good one. Thank you. Well, really, I didn't come up with really it. Really one, one of the listeners did. Yeah. 
So wait, so we can't pick any callers? Uh, well, actually, we do have one. Uh, I was going to go to him now. Uh, let's go to Trenton, the planet of Trenton, New Jersey, and we're going to talk to uh, to Rat Boy, who's the leader of Trenton. What's going on, Rat Boy? How you doing, brother? Hello, oh, man. Hey, I'm so happy. How you doing? I'm so happy for you. I'm doing okay. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Yeah. Who are you happy to be with? Well, hey. it is that you got to talk to Tandy, hey. right? Hey! Oh! Hip-hop, hooray! We got some of the pastetis, the pierogies, you know, man. We got to eat. Pierogies? That's Polish. Oh, what I love doing? pierogies. I do, too, but... Well, what's your favorite pierogi? Nobody's talking about Italian. Oh, oh my gosh. I like the Italian Italian. Come it, on. You know, I... I, I like pierogi, hey, but really what I like. there you go. Oh, there you go. That's exotic. That's exotic. No, I'm, a, I'm a standard potato and garlic man. Okay. <laughs> you know, I was thinking I no, like pierogi. No cannolis here. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was thinking I like pierogies, but really what I like are hot pockets. So that's not the same thing. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what that is. That's, that's, a, that's a very bad strawberry. Is what yeah. a hot pocket is. Yeah. So, speaking of hot pockets, how, how you doing, Rat Boy? I'm doing okay, and I, I've been working, doing this, going back to bingo, you know, with my mom, you know. That's why I haven't been around that much. Boy, do you have, hold on. Hang on, that's interesting. And this is like the first interesting call that you've made in months. So, do you have a strategy for bingo? What? You have a strategy. Like, what's your what's your game plan? You need to go into bingo. There's there's yeah, like, papers. All, and that's it. First of all, are you there's like a, are you like uh, one of those guys? First of all, are you like one of those guys that buys enough cards to fill up the entire table where you can't keep up, or do you just do like one at a time? No, no. I, I got okay. ten boards. No. That's it. Ten boards and papers. Boards. That's okay. it. The strategy is just sit down on a number. And add the number. That's it. <laughs> My strategy, Ray, and, and people get really mad when I do this sometimes, but you know what I'll do is uh, I, if I'm not sure if they called a number, I just put the chip down on the number just to be safe. Better safe than sorry. You know, be, better to ask for uh, forgiveness than permission, you know? Well, I like Hey, hey, this put is, it this way, way, okay? strategy. All right, hold on, Rapper. Let me. Can I get my foolproof bingo strategy? This is important stuff here. Yeah, yeah. What I like to do is I like to go and look at the bingo prizes, and then just leave and buy them myself. That's <laughs> that's, actually, that's my that's my strategy for it. All right, Rapper, what you were saying? No, hold on, hold on. Before I went into a bingo one time, I was I was. <laughs> I was driving on the boulevard in, in northeast Philadelphia, and I passed a, a place called Boulevard Bingo, and I saw that they were going. It was a Saturday night. I said, I'm going to stop in there. I'm going to stop in Boulevard Bingo and see what this is all about. Ray, as you would imagine it, they were playing bingo. Uh, it was all these old people, and they had so many cards that, like, they didn't even all fit on the table, you know, and I went in. They're about most of the way through the games, and I just go in, and I buy, like, Whatever, it was a coverall, and, and I think the buy-in was like a dollar for, like, minimum. So I put down the dollar, they give me my one little card for coverall. And I win the damn coverall. 
cashed out with a hundred bucks. Like I literally took my dollar and cashed out and left, and everybody was so angry that all these people were there all night playing. And like I didn't even stick around to play more. I just I won my hundred dollars. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. That was a uh, Boulevard Bingo. <laughs> all right, Rat Boy. I like that. Right, well, yeah. The strategy is you make sure you put a chip on a free space because the free space will never come out. Okay. Right. You don't want to forget that. Right. But That's for a good me, strategy. I don't. What do you mean? For so me, you got okay. Advantage over everybody else. For me, I, I I put the chips down, right? Leave the free space alone until until I get about three 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 chips in a row. Then I put put it down so I know that boy is ready to hit. All right, All right that's that's my strategy. But and the if you strategy don't hit, you just is pour milk on your neighbor, and then they forget that they're playing. Right. The strategy okay. is in wrestling. I figure out what's going to happen at SummerSlam. Well, that's good because they okay. don't know. Because you got Goldberg versus Lazzy, okay? What Goldberg. Goldberg will be wrestling. Goldberg will actually be wrestling Boo Radley from the Kilimanjaro. <laughs> no, what's going to happen here? I'm going to have him like a bedazzled jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Radley. Go ahead. What's going to happen is that they're, they're going to collide with one another and they both fall down. They're both going to knock out. Here comes Big E with the, with the, with the uh, briefcase, cash it in and cash it in on Bobby Dazzy and guess what? You got three years champion for Raw. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, he right? he's going to target Roman Reigns, which almost certainly means he won't. No, he's going after Lashley, so so all three New Day players will be back together again. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, Kofi and Xavier Woods can't challenge for the title anymore. No. Because they won't have it. What about, Rapoy, have you thought about taking somebody from today's era and putting them back 30 or 40 years ago? Who would really fit in? One person? You want me to tell you? Yeah, from today, that you're going to put back in time. I put AJ Styles back in time. Okay. Any particular era? NWA TNA. Um, uh, I'm just kidding. The early 2000? The early 2000? Well, well, he was there. Not in the early 2000, not in WWE. Well, he was on Velocity or whatever. Yeah, but he would have been good. Yeah, like he, put him there. He, like oh, you're yeah, talking yeah. like you're talking like the early days of the brand split. You'd have AJ Styles running around with the NWO. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yeah. Not even like attitude yep. error or anything. You're talking ruthless aggression. Yeah. Ruthless Wouldn't aggression. Wouldn't that be kind of like what uh, it is now? Yeah, what well, Matt, what Matt essentially wants to do is 
make today's products, but a number of years ago. <laughs> what about Canadian styles and putting them back in the Royal Rumble from four years ago? Here we go, we'll win. What about having? What about having? Uh, what about having Lee Fez, but today? That would be fun. He would be the foil for Roman Reigns. <laughs> I mean, we're just sitting here being idiots at this point. Yeah, but imagine. Letting me, letting me talk about freaking Greece Dyson. Because you know. Goldberg wrestling Boo Radley. But yeah. actually, this would be a half bad idea. You know that Luthez would be losing to, like, Jinder Mahal or something. If he was in WWE. I don't, I don't want to think about that. By the way, WWE, another cool documentary they put out. I was it was the history of the world title, and they start with Hackenschmidt and they go through the years. I got as far as Ric Flair before I had to turn it off. But it was very good. Hmm. It was pretty cool. And, and, and let me get, it goes for each of the let champions. Me into, let me get into the female uh, scenario. You want to call it? Thank God, Nikki Cross got into the, the bell. Huh, Nikki Cross, you know, always wanted to be a superhero. Now she's a superhero. Thank God she is. I love her. But there's one thing, though. I can see what's going to happen. What's that? I can see what's going to happen. Nikki Cross is going to be in the ring with Charlotte and Reva Ripley. They're both Reba going, Ripley. They're all going at it. They're all going at it. All of a sudden, Becky Lynch comes out and helps Nikki Cross win that belt. She's going to knock what, what's in it for Charlotte Becky? out and Ripley out. Huh? What's in it for Becky to help Nikki Cross out? Well, it is. Uh, I think they're going to become a tag team king. Tag team. Diamond Alliance. Because okay. Becky, Becky ain't going to do to get that belt until maybe WrestleMania. I got you. I got you. Know? By the way, I think Alexa yeah, and Dollar are going to win the tag team title at some point. I think it's inevitable. Hmm. You know, it, it, I've been watching it here and there, but there's one thing. There, there's something wrong this year, SummerSlam. Did you take notice? I did. I did. What was it? I have no idea what you're talking about. You want me to tell you? Going to tell everybody right now. No. Don't tune in no. on Sunday. You tune in on Saturday for SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. This year. It's not this Saturday, though. No, it's next Saturday. Not next, next Sunday. Saturday. It's Saturday. For summer I'm going to protest, weird. and I'm going to watch it on Sunday. Uh, I, I, I could do it both ways, you know. Watch some of us on Saturday and watch some some of us on Sunday because I'll be working on Sunday down Columbus. Yeah, i got to get up that way. I miss Columbus. Yeah, you got to come down, man. you got to come you gotta come down on Thursday. That's when it's when it's better. Thursdays. Yeah. 
All right, brother.
ludicrous. Um, it's a, it's a, just a ridiculous request because you're supposed to have the audience suspend disbelief and then you work within that parameter. I mean, this, this literally would be like if Stroh came out before a show and said, hey guys, so here's some pretty crazy stuff I'm going to do and I need you to just go along with it. Okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you notice Alexa Bliss isn't like changing outfits mid-match like she was before now that fans are there. So, yeah, it's silly. It's silly. What do you guys, wouldn't, we, wouldn't we all be happier if that was kept in place? Oh, my goodness. Now, that's what, I, that's what I was talking about. Like, when they launched the WWE Network, you know, the possibilities were endless as far as, like, mature content that they could have put on there to really make some money and make people want to subscribe to the network. No, I'm with you. I mean, I, I, yeah. I was – now, some people say I take things too far. I would have put John Cena and Nikki Bella um, filming a porno. That, that that should be on the network. That should be a premium option. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I want to well, see that. Well, okay, but you don't have to. You would have to pay another forty nine ninety nine to see that. Oh, hell no. Yeah, I'm not paying forty nine ninety nine. No, but there are people who would. And and I don't like them. But, you know, I suppose you're right. Like, yeah, you go ahead, you go ahead and put that, you go ahead and put that on. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have... Unless gets changed. <laughs> In ring. <laughs> if that's, that's more, that's more our speed. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> the sound effect plays. <laughs> I couldn't get it. Couldn't get it fast enough. Let's go to uh, let's go to nine oh three. We're, we're gonna. Uh, I think this is Dustin. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? <clears throat> I'm good. Yeah, we're just talking about all kinds of crazy stuff. What do you think about Bray Wyatt getting released? That's crazy. No, that shouldn't have happened. Did you say you saw it happen? No, I said that shouldn't have happened. Oh, it shouldn't have happened. Yeah, no, you're right. It shouldn't have. Think he'll go that to AEW? Insane. I think so, because, he, well, he can't compete anywhere until October 29th. Which is the week before AEW's pay-per-view. Yes, and I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in AEW. But, yeah, um, oh, I'll, I will be in Vegas for SummerSlam. Will you? Okay. Yeah, but I'm also gonna, I'm also gonna be at the takeover they're having in Vegas. Nice. Well, good so, for you. Yeah. Are, are you uh, flying out there or taking the bus? I'm flying. Uh, see, I told you since as I went to the first three shows back for for live crowd. Yeah. And I'm taking that taking I'm taking a little bit of You've break. You've been saving up your money. So I can go to yeah. SummerSlam. Right? And plus, I'm paying 175 dollars to meet Seth Rollins. I'm not sure how to respond to that. Like, there's so many better ways you could have spent that money. Well, it's the meet and greets they're doing at SummerSlam weekend, so. Oh, I know. Are you going to get, like, a really colorful suit like he has, like, with the tie-dye or, like, butterflies or rainbows and, like, wear that when you hell go no. meet him? Because that would be amazing. Hell, hell, hell no. Yeah. Why not? I would do that. <laughs> hell you stand out, brother. You want to be a, you want you you got to get yourself over. You know what Jimmy Hart used to tell me? And it's something that always stuck oh. with me, Dustin? 
If you uh, dress like you belong in the crowd, then you end up in the crowd. <laughs> yeah. And it's the truth. Go, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to tell Seth when I meet him, I hope Edge beats you. So I'm going to beat you. Wait, you're, gonna, you're saying that you hope that Edge beats him? So you're paying $400 to tell him that you hope he loses? Yeah, pretty much. I want Edge to win this match. Why don't you just spend the money on Edge? I don't know, really, honestly. Like, uh, I don't know, because, you know, I only have a certain amount of money I could spend that weekend. Yeah, but why are you spending it on Seth Rollins to tell him he's going to lose? Because his, uh, I'm going to enjoy the, enjoy the mad look on his face when, when I say it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> well, I just, honestly, uh, uh, you know that's what's going to happen. Edge is going to win this match. Well, yeah. I mean, Edge will win, for sure. And and uh, yeah. you know the next pay-per-view, uh, September 26th, is in Columbus, Ohio. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Alexa Bliss is fighting whoever the role of the champion is going into Extreme Rules. Yeah, either that or uh, or for the tag title, but she'll be involved some way. I think she's going to win the title from her home crowd. I think that's fucking – she's way over right now with the crowd. So her winning the title, so it's going to happen. Talking earlier, and uh, we were talking about taking a star from today and putting them in, like, the wrestling ring back in the day, like in the 80s or 90s. Is, it, is there anybody uh-huh. that you think, like, you could take from today and they'd be really great 30 or 40 years ago? Uh, Maybe uh, Karen Cross. Yes. You know, he would have been a great Hulk Hogan foe, actually. Yeah. Imagine that, Stro. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Birdie, I'm really hoping Karen Cross loses at takeover. I think he will. I, I think he and Adam Cole are pretty much done with NXT. Yeah, I heard reports that I've been hearing some things that Adam Cole is being moved up to the main roster. I heard he had a sit-down uh, yes. interview with Vince McMahon. Yep, that's what I heard. That, that should be interesting. So if a pretty have made the call, we're always going to win that match and take over. Yeah. All right, and uh, anything match. else? Because we're, we're going to get out of here a little early. So did you have anything else? Well, yeah, um, Mike. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, you know, this one-on-one match with Roman, you know, like, like uh, Roman and Cena having this one-on-one match. I, I just see them putting Tim Bauer in this match somehow. I do too. Or, or I see Finn Balor costing John Cena the match, and then when John Cena comes back, maybe like WrestleMania time, that'll be the match: John Cena against Finn Balor. I could hey, see that. Finn Balor be the champ- is Finn Balor being the champion? I don't think he'll be the champion. Hey, I think hey, Roman hey, Reigns okay, is going to hold that belt until he loses to either Big E or to uh, Drew McIntyre. Nope, I think I know who's going to beat him. It's going to be Seth. Nope. Really? Seth is going okay. to get a title match around around Extreme Rules and win the title. Uh, that's how they're going to have Extreme Rules match, no rules, and and, and Seth is going to win the belt, and and that's going to be the feud going into Mania. <laughs> no, I got you. I can see that. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see y'all next week. Yeah, brother. I'll see you next week. Take care. Be safe. Mm -hmm. All right. See you.
All right, Cheryl, what do you say we do some uh, quick hits and get out of here? I got some interesting uh, news items. Just kind of chat them over. Cool. Cool. So apparently before Bray Wyatt got released, he was supposed to make his return on Monday. So like, he was literally preparing to come back on Monday when he got told he was released. Um, wow. And according to Fightful, he had some new creative elements added to his character, and he was all set to showcase them. I don't know if that's more magic or what the deal was, but that's pretty oh, crazy. you got to think that's another case of, like, left hand not knowing what the right one is doing, which you just see Apparently. more and more. Yeah. Crazy. How about how about this one? So Ric Flair, apparently there was more to it than just being tired of not being used. Apparently, Ric Flair comes via Booker T. Booker T seems to think that Ric Flair is gunning for one more run in the ring, and he knew it wasn't going to happen. It wouldn't surprise yeah. you either. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I mean, he's he's seventy, right? Yeah. I guess Buddy Rogers was wrestling into his 70s. Yeah, that's true. But. That's true. Yeah. Still. Thanks, Rick Flair. Man. Yeah. Right. Well, I think the double shot with Flair, it was the two things. One was that great retirement send-off that they, go, that they gave him. They would never want to ruin that, short of maybe mm-hmm. for Saudi Arabia money. Um, the yeah. other thing was what happened with Jerry Lawler. If you remember on yeah. all that episode, I feel like after that, they don't want to take chances with older guys like that anymore. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, but it's crazy. I, I can't say that blame them. Yeah. And, and, and you pair that with the rumor that Andrade was really lobbying. Uh, he wants to get Rick in AEW, and he wants to get uh, Charlotte when she becomes available down there with him. Yeah. Now, I don't see Charlotte leaving WWE anytime mm-hmm. soon. But I could see maybe in a couple of years. Oh, yeah. What do you think about Rusev? <laughs> he's, or Miro, as he's called now. He's uh, His promos lately, and I love this, he went from being the best man, now he's God's favorite wrestler. And I think it's amazing. <laughs> and he always does the shout-out for, for his hot wife. Yeah. I'm guessing, La- I'm guessing Lana's going to join him at some point. It wasn't surprising. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he really is funny. They were great together. They, they were really were. I mean, yeah. yeah. And he's just like, he's so funny. And for a lot of time in WWE, you just didn't get to see that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me too. Me too. I'm just looking here. That might be it. Oh, this should be good. So the, they they officially set the women's title match for NXT for uh, for mm-hmm. Takeover 36. So that's the night after WrestleMania because or after SummerSlam because SummerSlam is a Saturday. Um, right. So it is going to be Dakota Kai challenging Raquel Gonzalez. And I feel like Dakota Kai has been on the cusp for a while. I, I think she's going to get it. I do. Yeah, that's going to be good. What, what a story they got, you know, being former friends and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely cool. It's a, they, they captured all the magic that they had with the Tegan Knox thing and just did it all over again, once again, you know? 
Right. So very cool. Very cool. Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Broken Skull Sessions. You hear his latest guest? No, who is it this time? Lashley. Wow. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait for that. I don't yeah. know if they ever put the Kevin Nash one up. I really wanted to see that. I know that they were holding I, off I, on it. Yeah, I've seen bits of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. Yeah, I, I really want to see that because, like, they're very close, apparently. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I just think it would be cool because they'll have a lot of, like, neat stories from a couple different eras, you know. But, yeah, so, no, last right. is going to be part of this one, and I think it's going to be oh. amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mojo Raleigh, nah. <laughs> Malachi Black, I I like what he's doing in AEW, but I still like everybody else in AEW. I I think unless he gets a gang behind him, he's not going to go anywhere. Lone wolves don't work in that company. He's got to have eighteen yeah, people on his side. You know, as aside from Cody. What is, it, what is he going to do from here on out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm guessing he'll go with Cody for a little while. Mm-hmm. By the way, I, I and this was not heartbreaking, but a little disappointing to hear. So apparently, um, Aleister Black, you know, when he was with SmackDown and his wife was talking about coming back, she was in negotiations, and one of the things was she said she wanted to be on the same brand as Aleister Black. So they went back and forth, right? And uh, they finally agreed, you know, we'll put you on SmackDown with him. You guys will be together. You'll be able to travel together. You'll be around each other. And uh, they signed her. And then the next week, they released her husband. Again, left hand, right hand. That ain't right. That ain't right. Crazy. I I mean, that's just like, I I, I feel like in her case, that would be like a, a reason to like, say that the contract is invalidated or something if she really didn't want to be back there. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they would have a different opinion, though. Right. Finally, one last one, and this actually comes from Steve, the caller, who uh, is less of a caller and more of a spammer at this point. But he uh, <laughs> so he messaged me. <laughs> he, um, so CM Punk is apparently training on his own for the matches for AEW. Which, like, we haven't seen that kind of dedication since his uh, his brief MMA career. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got to check out the ring rust. <laughs> well, listen, I admire his admiration, but... I mean, what is the guy now? He's older than me, I think. I think he's, like, 46 or 47. Uh-huh. Pair that with the fact that he hasn't wrestled in seven years. Um, I don't think it's going to go easy. We'll see, though. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to throw him right in there. They're going to throw him right in there with the main eventers. You know, he he isn't going to be wrestling Joey Janela in dark. Right. You know, he's going to get all the big guys. Mhm. Especially if it's not going to last. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's uh, that's about it for this week, I think. Uh, 
Did you have anything that uh, you wanted to plug on the way out? Uh, just, um, you know, this Thursday night, WWE Retro at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on VSNation.com. We'll be discussing uh, your favorite uh, ring entrances through the years. So if uh, the guys got any favorites you want to share, please call in. And then this is Friday night on my Facebook page. Uh, the Throw Zone at midnight Eastern Standard Time at facebook.com slash Phil the Maestro and uh, this part of the next feature will be the Atomic Brain. <laughs> I dated that in college. Now I'm only playing. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, she was really smart. Um, no, so anyway. <laughs> so, ECWA returns, I think it's September 19th for the uh, 54th anniversary show. So ECWA 54 years in independent wrestling. It's an amazing feat. Uh, but uh, so I'll be back for that. That is in um, God. I'm drawing a blank. The, 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 the Jersey dugout, Morganville, New Jersey. I had to think of the place, and then I thought it. The Morganville, New Jersey, the Jersey dugout, ECWA 54th anniversary show. You can check it out on IWTV, as well as tickets and information ECWAWrestling.com. Uh, while I'm talking about ECWA, the Women's Super 8 Tournament, available on IWTV, be sure to check it out. Low, low price with the subscription. You can check out the top women's wrestlers in the world battling it out for the trophy. Myself and a very good professional wrestler, also known as Dasher Hatfield, doing the commentary together for that, and it was a great time. Be sure to check it out. Uh, be sure to check out all the other great shows on VOCNation.com. Uh, live and on-demand programming almost every day of the week. Check out the feeds on your favorite podcast platforms, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or Dat or Odyssey, formerly Radio.com or Spotify, whatever the case may be. Be sure to check us out. Find us on YouTube. Just search VOC Nation. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you to the callers. Thank you to Kathy Stroh, Derek Raycast. That, Derek, I got to do it fast or else I mess it up. Derek, no. Kathy Stroh, Derek, who never calls in anymore. I don't know why I keep thanking him. Kathy Stroh, Derek, Matt Ray. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. And you guys all take care of yourselves. Be safe. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Love you all.